Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 1021. Today, I want to begin a new journey with you, and we're going to learn together the Word of God. We're going to dig a little deeper than what we've done in the past, and I hope that you'll stick with me through the days and weeks and months and even years ahead. Because you see, there is no end to learning the rich treasures of the Word of God. And I want to encourage you in the days to come to walk with me. Let's go mining together. The Bible says that the words of God are more precious than rubies and emeralds and diamonds and precious stones, more valuable than gold or silver or any precious metal. And indeed, if we will search for the truth of God in the scriptures, as we would look for gold and silver and precious stones, then we will find that our journey will be sweet. Some days as we meet together, it's going to be dry like cereal, but nourishing. Sometimes it will be like dessert and we will see the pleasures of the wonder and awesomeness of our God. But I want to encourage you to be consistent. It's so important that we form good habits and make good choices. You see, once we come to know Jesus in a personal way, the Spirit of God lives in our hearts. And He will guide us, but He will not force us. So that means you and I have a part in making our choices. Before we were saved, we were slaves to sin. But God has set us free. And because of that, we can make good choices, obedient choices, choices that are based in trust and faith. And we can please God with that because without faith, that is taking God at his word and living it out, trusting him and obeying him, then we cannot please him. That's what the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says. Now, what I want to do is make this a time of study every day. And so I want to encourage you as much as you possibly can to study with a Bible in hand. Listen to these with a Bible in hand, with something to make notes with. But in case you cannot, isn't it wonderful that God has given us this technology that you can listen to this on the way to work, on the way home, at work, wherever it is that you are. And then you can listen to it again in a better setting where you can study and glean more maybe the second time through. But I want to encourage you to develop a habit of not just reading the Bible. That's wonderful. But studying the Bible. And that's wonderful. But obeying the scripture is even better. Because James, the Lord's half-brother, said that we don't just need to be hearers of the word but doers also. Well, the first thing I want to do is just set the stage for you. And I want to maybe help you to learn some new words and to refresh some of you who have heard these words before and knew the meanings, but maybe have forgotten that. And so let me help you through because these words I'm going to be using from time to time, and I want you to get these down in your minds. The first one that I want you to know is the word hermeneutic. 
Hermeneutic is a word that comes from the Greek word heurisko. It means I find, I discover. A hermeneutic is the method that you use in discovering the truth of God's Word. Now, the Bible doesn't just contain God's truth. It is God's truth. And it reveals to us who Jesus is, not the Jesus of our own making, but the Jesus of the Bible. There's a lot of people who want to make Jesus in their own image rather than understanding we are made in his image. He is a God of love, yes, but he's also a God of righteousness and justice. He's a God of mercy, yes, but he's a God of truth. And they have to be looked at together to get the whole picture of who Jesus is. Now, you and I will never understand the depth of God's goodness toward us in letting us know him in a personal way. But it is important that we understand how to discover the truths that God's given to us. And the method that you use is called your hermeneutic. It's your method of discovering truth. Now, we have many attorneys and lawyers and people who deal with law all the time that listen to this podcast worldwide. And I want to just remind you about what law school is. Now, you who are attorneys, just bear with me. When you finish a law degree, that doesn't mean you can practice law. Because you see, what a law school does, a good law school, is it teaches you law, of course. But what it does more than anything is teaches you to practice law in some fashion in the future. In order to do that, you have to pass what is called a bar exam. Now, what a good law school will do will teach you how to pass that law exam, and you will be learning law the rest of your life. You're going to be in law school learning how to study, how to research, how to find cases, how to read law. And the reason I'm telling you that is one of the great things that any attorney must learn to do if they're going to be a good lawyer dealing with laws and especially criminal laws is learn how to ask questions, learn how to ask the proper questions, the correct, the right questions. And so that is called discovery. You have to learn how to do discovery. You have to find truth. Now, sad to say that many attorneys today want to find their version of truth because they're more interested in getting their client either off the hook or on the hook. But a true attorney will want to discover truth and discover what the true meaning of the law is and find the truth in any case. What I'm saying to you is they are doing discovery. That is a hermeneutic. And they have a method for asking the right questions and getting to the bottom of something, getting to really what is truth the best it can be discerned. And so that's what I want to do is teach you about hermeneutics and how to discover truth. Because I cannot teach you all truth, but I can teach you how to discover truth. And so we're going to hear the word hermeneutic from time to time. And that's just a big fancy Greek word that means the method of discovery. Second, theology. Theos is the word for God. It's the general word for God in the Greek text. And then you have the word logeo or logos, which is word or say or a word about. 
And so theology is a study or a word about God. The third word I want you to understand is the word eschatology, eschatos and L-O-G-Y, logi again. And so you have eschatos, which means last things. L-O-G-Y on the end of that means the study of last things. Eschatology is the study primarily of biblical prophecy. What is biblical prophecy? Biblical prophecy is the study of things that are written before they happen. That's right. Biblical prophecy is nothing more than history written in advance. History written in advance. What's history? It's the recording and the narrative of things that have already taken place. And so the words of God are so sure that when God says something's going to happen, It's as though it's already happened in the mind of God. It's just not happened yet. And so when we study biblical prophecy, we are studying history before it is ever actually come to pass. And so prophecy is history, historical events written down and talked about and given before they ever happen. Now, the scripture says that if a person is a true prophet, a prophet is one who prophesies, who speaks forth the word of God, not a primarily a foreteller of the future, but again, when you foretell the word of God, something that's going to happen in the future, it is as sure as though it has already happened. And so a prophet is a true prophet if 100% of the time, whatever he says does come to pass. And so that is why it's important that we stick to the Word of God, because God is the only one that knows the end from the beginning. And so today, I want to introduce you to how we study the Bible. That's right, how we study the Bible. And so I want to give you five things that will be a review for some of you who have studied with me in the past, but for others of you, it's going to be brand new. Now, these are the five principles, five guidelines that I've summarized out of probably 50 or 60 books on discovering truth or hermeneutics. And I want to give these to you. Now, they're very simple, and there's more to it than this, but this will give you guidelines that will help you to interpret 95% of the words of God, because 95% of the words of God are not hard to be understood. They can be understood. It's just a matter of us realizing that God knows more than we do, and we need to take what He says is truth and not what we think or what the devil has lied to us about in the future. You see, God and His Word trump everything and everyone. It doesn't matter what your dad says, your mom says, your grandmother says, your grandfather says, the pastor says, whatever mentor you have. If they are following the scripture, they will tell you, always listen to what God says. What I say is worth about the time and the effort that it takes to just say it. And then it vaporizes. What God says will stand forever. It is the rock upon which you can build your life and belief system. So here we go. This is so important. First of all, if you are a child of God, the Spirit of God lives in your life. Now, as Adrian Rogers used to say, every child of God has the 
Spirit of God living in them as a resident. That's the clear teaching of the New Testament. However, he may not be president in your life. That is, you may not be under his control. You may not be filled with the Spirit of God. But every person who is saved, old or young, weak or strong, red, yellow, black or white, it doesn't matter. You have the same Spirit of God in your life and you received all of God you're ever going to get the day you were saved. The rest of the time, it's not how much you get of God or more of God. It's how much more of you God has, how much more we yield to his spirit. And so it's important that we understand that. Why? Because if we have the spirit of God in us, the Bible says in the book of 1 John that he leads us into all truth. The spirit who lives within us is the one who inspired the words of the Bible. That's right. He superintended every Bible writer so that what they wrote down were indeed the very words of God. Sometimes it was dictated. Sometimes it was through a series of events. But whatever the case, the Holy Spirit inspired and superintended the writers so that what they wrote down were the very words of God. And he is the one that knows what it means, and he will teach us what the Bible says. So the first thing we need to understand is if we're going to understand the Bible and not just the history and the narrative and the literature and the various elements of speech that are in it and even the language and the grammar is what it means. And God can tell us that every time. And so the Spirit of God lives in the life of every believer, and you can understand the Bible. If you are telling yourself or the enemy of our souls is telling you that you cannot understand the Bible, then that is a lie from hell. And you need to understand that God's truth is truly real and will help you to understand the Bible. Now, secondly, the guiding principle I believe that you need to understand is that you read a text, any text, any passage of Scripture. If the plain sense makes sense, let that be the sense, lest it all becomes nonsense. That is, if it is historical narrative, Take it as historical narrative. Whether you think it's fanciful, unbelievable, or whatever the case is, you've never experienced it, doesn't make sense to you, that doesn't matter. If the plain sense makes sense, let that be the sense because it's the Word of God or it'll all be nonsense. In other words, you cannot take historical narrative and make it into an allegory or just an illustrative passage. Secondly, always interpret a passage within context. The word con is the Latin word with. Text, of course, is the passage itself. And there is always an immediate context. That's the verses that are before and after the passage you're reading. Within a paragraph, within a chapter, within a book, within a corpus that is a body of writings, whether it be Paul's or John or Isaiah, whatever the case is. Context matters. What is with the text? And so there is a lot more that I could say about that, but always interpret a passage, a text within context, because any text that is taken out of context will eventually be nothing more than a proof text. That is something used in order to prove a point that you have that you want to make. 
Number three, always interpret an unclear passage with a clear one. What is an unclear passage? An unclear passage is one that can be interpreted more than one way, linguistically, syntactically, grammatically. In other words, there's more than one meaning that could be a true meaning. So you always have unclear passages that could be taken this way or that way. Well, what do you do in that case? Well, you always look for another text that is clear that will clarify that unclear passage. In other words, you'd find a passage, hopefully, that deals with the same subject and speaks more clearly on it, one that cannot be interpreted more than one way. It is just simply what it is, and it's a clear passage. A very good example of that is Acts 2.38 and Philippians 16, having to do with how a man is saved. We'll get to that in the days ahead, and I've already recorded some podcasts on that. Well, already we have several guidelines. Let's review before we go on. Number one, the Spirit of God lives in the life of every believer so you can understand the Bible. Number two, if the plain sense of a passage makes sense, let that be the sense, lest it all become nonsense. Number three, always interpret a passage, a text, within its context. Number four, always interpret an unclear passage, one that can be interpreted more than one way, with a clear passage, one that can only be interpreted one way. And then number five, always interpret your experiences by the Word of God, never the Word of God by your experiences. Now, this is so important, especially in the southern United States, because we have the idea that if we don't feel it or it doesn't make sense or we haven't experienced that or we experience something that brings us closer to the Lord, we think that it has to be a biblical experience. Well, that's not always the case. Or I've heard people say, well, I know it's true because I felt it. I know it's true because I experienced it. I know it's true because it brought me closer to the Lord. Well, that may not be something that is a biblical experience or that is that lines up with the truth of the Bible so that you can turn around and replicate that with someone else. So always interpret your experiences by the Word of God and never the Word of God by your experiences. Well, time's up for today. God bless you. I hope that you will continue to stay the course with me as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.